On today's episode of Fit the Mats podcast, we are catching up a lot. It's a super show. Stay tuned. Tonight's main event. Welcome to Fit the Mats. In this corner, from New Milford, Connecticut, your WWE mentor, Diane the Man Maloney. And his opponent, from Toledo, Ohio, the filthy casual himself, Chris Hogan. Let's get it on. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is your weekly World Wrestling Entertainment Podcast, where Dan, the diehard fan, and I, your resident filthy casual, run you through our Raw, SmackDown, and NXT recaps and give you the latest in wrestling news and discuss a topic about the world of wrestling for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe down below and rate well elsewhere. It really does help us out. Uh, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash hit the books and it encompasses both our comic book podcast, hit the books and our wrestling podcast Hit the mats, as well as any future endeavors and projects. You can also check out our website, htbvids.com where you can find links to all of these things. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube and soon to have more once I get caught up on editing. Um, we're on Twitter at htbvids. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hit the books. And you can always email us with questions and topics for the show at hit the books vids, V I D S, at gmail.com. All right, let's get into it. So this week, um, we're doing a lot of catching up. Um, we were stymied by one thing, then another, mostly illness, and then just being busy as regular. 40-hour work week adults, and uh, yeah, we, we just got busy, and wrestling is a time-consuming hobby. It takes a lot of hours to uh, just watch and enjoy the product, especially when you're watching three-plus shows a week, which mm-hmm. in this case we were, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of good stuff to be had, so we will not have a topic of the show this week. Um, we will probably not touch on much news, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. because everything's about WrestleMania right now, and that's pretty much all we're focused on until WrestleMania is finally over. Um, we will have a recap for next week's show in addition to an NXT TakeOver recap show that we will be filming on Saturday um, that may not be published before WrestleMania. We'll try to put it up, and we have a few guests that will be coming on and possibly doing a WrestleMania uh, prediction show. Um, I'm hoping to have it all edited and ready to go by the morning of WrestleMania. So prior to watching WrestleMania, feel free to drop in, see what we said, thought about uh, the the shows leading up to the week, the NXT Takeover show, and see what our predictions are for WrestleMania. Mm. So uh, I think a lot of content, a lot of content, a lot of editing, and I hopefully you guys will enjoy it. I have the day off on Saturday, and that's how I'm going to spend it: <laughs> editing, mm-hmm. um, living the dream. But I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I do it because I love it, and I hope you do too. So look forward to that. So this week we are going through two weeks worth of content. Uh, the last episode was focused on Fastlane and the fallout from Fastlane. I think we kind of skipped one week, and then we went into these two uh, weeks worth of shows. Of SmackDown, Raw, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, and a little bit of everything sprinkled in there. So, let's get into it. We got a lot of stuff to go through. 
So hopefully uh, we won't keep Dan from NXT, which is about to be on in a little bit here. Shortly. Yes, the Pirate Princess will be in action, hence why I'm representing. (laughs) He's repping hard. (laughs) See, I'm lazy and I watch it after the fact. After Hulu and everybody else have edited it down to a nice watchable hour and a half. A truly filthy casual. The most filthy of casuals. (laughs) So first up, we got the March 18th um, Raw episode um this raw a little bit better in my opinion than most uh and uh i'll let you know why as we go through we disagree greatly uh we certainly do greatly we have disagreed on raw pretty (laughs) consistently every week that he thinks it's complete garbage i think it's okay we're going like this and then every week that he thinks it's pretty good and pretty okay i think it's complete garbage So, so clearly we have different things in mind when we're watching the show, but we're both pretty consistently on SmackDown's yeah, team. we're pretty close. <laughs> we're, we're pretty consistent pretty on, on NXT, SmackDown. Yeah. We're always, like, right there. But yeah. Raw, we're just so divided. Raw is very polarizing. I think, so. I, think I give the Raw cast a little more benefit <laughs> of the doubt than you do. Yes, I but think I, so. But I think... I think so. Yeah, I think you like certain moments. I I just I love <laughs> a little I just, more. I, I'm such a mark for NXT and SmackDown that it keeps my bar at a certain level. That raw just consistently See, victim is just, of expectation. That's what, just you the know, expectations too high for a three hour yeah. show. I mean, I'm just it's already I'm so ensconced <laughs> in NXT, especially that I just see what the best possible booking looks like, and yeah. then I watch Raw, and I'm just how is this the same? It was it was a Biggie that posted that uh, tweet, uh, yes, about yes. <laughs> how trash Raw yeah, is so, recently. So Biggie did post on Twitter this past week. That, Let's see if uh, I can find it for the YouTube show. I like to think of SmackDown as the mouthwash you need after the turd that Raw leaves in your mouth. <laughs> and then he added, just to cover for himself, I'd like to think I can get away with that tweet, but if not, I was hacked. So he should be pretty covered there. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, think he said what many of us are, are feeling. thinking and feeling. <laughs> on uh, a regular basis. I don't, I don't understand how you can possibly be on the Raw cast and not feel that way and, yeah. know, it and know that it's yeah, true exactly. when you're just getting hit, hit with a hail of booze and just yeah. blank faces every single week. And if you're watching Watching the other WWE products that are going on TV from 205 Live to NXT to yeah. NXT UK, and then you see that contrast. I just consistently can't believe this is the same company. Yeah, that's true. Let alone this is the flagship brand. <laughs> yeah, it's it's concerning to say the least. Although, uh, small piece of news for this week. Um, Vince actually sold off a bunch of stock for WWE to fund the XFL. Mm, so yeah. maybe maybe Vince is finally handing things off a yeah, little bit. Of that, course, the the portion he gave away was like worth two point no, two hundred and fifty million somewhere yeah, around like there. That. Um, the man's worth like three point eight billion. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's like yeah, it's, he still maintains. It's like a twenty dollar bill. Yeah, he still maintains eighty <laughs> percent of the of the voting power and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it does it does show that he's very serious about the XFL. So it is sort of a fantasy of mine that he will become very focused on running the XFL and establishing it. And give maybe Triple H the just wrestling. Stuff. Give the wrestling a little more over to yeah. Papa H, <laughs> who has been groomed for this role for well, some time. Uh, why not let Kurt Angle and Papa H uh, just do their thing i know you don't like kurt angle as long as he's not wrestling i like kurt angle not as a booker 
Why not? Triple H just won the second best booker in the world by Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Yeah, he deserved it. He won second best. He won either well, second have, or third best promoter as well. I mean, this guy have a show this rivalry. Guy created between... NXT. I mean, he created the best wrestling but, product. But is he going to handle has. three shows competently? Uh, I, I think know. it's going to be diminishing returns. The more he has to handle, well, the less. If, maybe if he would stop reading Batista's mail, uh, he could focus. <laughs> Give me what I want. Oh, spoiler alert! Give me what I want. <laughs> I'm not gonna totally give yeah. you what you want. Just, just let, Ugh. just let the game cerebrally assassinate Raw for all of us. Okay, <laughs> that's what I want. Give me what I want. Oh, go fuck yourself, Triple H. <laughs> Is that what he said? That... Kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert that's for next, show. next week. <laughs> Literally all I did. All right. Uh, now let's finally get into Raw. Uh, after we got done shitting on it for about <laughs> 10 minutes there. We really hate this, so let's talk about it. Uh, first up, we had... Uh, and please add stuff in yes. there, because again, I'm watching the Hulu edit, and they edit stuff that they deem is less important out, mm. which is not always the case. But not always the case. Hulu. Some respect for the revival. Well, yeah. Always the first to get cut. They really are, though. It's outrageous. <laughs> um, first up, we had uh, a pretty hype uh, Paul Heyman promo with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Uh, I had probably one of my best shots of any episode of Raw or SmackDown ever when I snapped a picture of it while I was going, and it it instantly rung in my head, get you a girl that looks at you the way Paul Heyman looks at Brock Lesnar, <laughs> and I will post it here on our YouTube channel and probably use it as the thumbnail for this episode, so uh, definitely check that out. Paul but Heyman's wonderful. Paul Heyman is awesome. Everything about him. He's so wonderful. good at his job. He's so He's good just, at his he job. He is distilled professional wrestling essence in human form. Yeah. And then we got an interruption from Drew McIntyre, which is, you know, okay, fine. Um, the one thing I did take away from this was that Brock Lesnar was actually selling it pretty well. Like, he had his yeah. eyes wide open and yeah. was kind of, like, impressed and, like, chuckling. And, and like, and I just, I got to say a word about Brock Lesnar. The guy gets a lot of well-deserved heat for some of the things that he's said and done in real life and some of the things that he's caused in the locker room and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, being an no absentee doubt. champion and getting all that money to show up five times a year. But there is... There is a reason why Vince thinks so highly of him. It is partially his MMA fame, of course. Mm. That's the kind of thing Vince loves. But he is a phenomenal professional wrestler. He's yeah. a phenomenal athlete. He's a athlete. monster. He can sell yeah. like like nobody. There's nobody his size that sells like he does. There's just nobody that touches him. He's, he's yeah. almost AJ Styles level at selling, even though he's three times the size of yeah. AJ Styles. His facial expressions yeah. are fantastic. Watch the just, Finn Balor match he, from uh, Fastlane if yeah. you want to see how well it can sell. Yeah, or um. you could watch Daniel Bryan from Survivor Series. You could watch yeah. last year's AJ Styles match from the previous Survivor Series. This guy, he knows, he knows how to be a professional wrestler. It is not his passion, although he always speaks very highly of the business when he's asked. Yep. It's not his passion, but he really does it very, very well at a very, very high level. Yeah, no so doubt about it. I gotta it. give him credit for it. He's, yeah, you know, and even just little segments he, like this, just you give him just a little bit to work with, yeah. and he's just exceptional at it. And he, he shines. I mean, he's not great on the mic, but that's why you got Paul Heyman. Exactly. Yep. And because he's bad on the mic, we have one of the best personalities on the mic probably ever. Yes. He's like all time greats on the mic. Yeah. They, Paul gave him, they gave him the, yeah, and they gave him the right Only guy. because he was bad on the mic. <laughs> yeah. And it worked out pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I heard Vince talking to Stone Cold about Brock a little bit on the Stone Cold podcast a couple years ago. And he just mentioned, if we just had this guy show up every week and just bounce around and smile and say he's going to beat you up, you would be bored of him. 
making sure that he's around once in a while. He's not talking a lot. He's got Heyman doing the storytelling. It keeps yeah. him interesting. It keeps those big fight feels for his matches. That's so. true, but there's it a sucks. lot of upside. It sucks it. that he has the Raw Championship yes, belt uh, held hostage yeah. until every single pay per view where he ultimately yeah. f5s you to death. Yes. and that's it. And I think I I certainly have grown an appreciation for Roman Reigns in his absence because Roman had the belt, was bringing it to Raw every week. I yeah. think the show was much, much better for it. The ratings were much, much better every yeah. week when Roman was bringing the belt every week. It's just more so, fun when there's something at stake. Yeah. And there's nothing ever at stake on Raw because the main championship belt is never on Raw. Yeah. And you just don't have you don't have a main event scene on Raw because of it. I mean, you yeah. look at SmackDown, you've got probably at least half a dozen guys you can rotate into the title picture at any time. You've got Samoa Joe. You've got Randy that you can throw up there. You've got Mysterio and Andrade you can throw up there. You yep. can throw Mustafa Ali up there. Yep. AJ with, Styles, Raw, you, it, with Raw, it's yeah. pretty much been... And Broman Strosner for a year and a half, and so now you've got three guys, and one of them's never there. It's it's evidence that they don't have a real main event seat on Raw. Yeah, no doubt that is a major problem. But uh, as far as promos go for Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman, of course, masterclass. Uh, Brock Lesnar actually put some effort into it, and I appreciated that. Usually, he's not so great on the promo side, um, and even Drew McIntyre was pretty good uh, throughout this episode. Although uh, I don't know, I feel like his whole thing right now is kind of forced. Uh, I'm, look into my eyes look into my uh, eyes well, I'd be okay with it as long as he wasn't crouching every single time yeah. or crawling on his hands and feet we saw him live we look say into this, my eyes. I say this every episode he's huge <laughs> he's gigantic he's like undertaker sized I don't understand why he doesn't play that up more. Mm. Instead, he curls into a little ball and tells you how he's going to fuck with you and whatever else and I don't, yeah, I don't give a fuck McIntyre mm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I know you're listening yeah. to our very popular insider podcast. <sighs> uh, yeah, I know you're out there. You're a great wrestler. You have the great moves. You got the great look. You got the great opening music. Why do you crouch into a tiny little ball all the time yeah. and diminish your character? Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Now you got a problem. You can do something about it. How about that? Yeah. yeah. He's Dan Maloney. I don't That's know right. if you been watching uh, nxt uk recently but uh <laughs> dan maloney's pretty jacked and also apparently spanish get a ride <laughs> all right yeah i do i got a little tranquilo <laughs> surprisingly you do <laughs> uh, next up we had uh finn balor uh and braun Strowman in a tag team match against bobby lashley and leo rush um i enjoyed this more than you did so this is our first point of contention on this episode. Boring. <laughs> I actually liked Braun Strowman just demolishing Leo Rush pretty much the entire match. <laughs> I loved how he was tossing him around like a rag doll and literally lifting him over his head and just tossing him to the other end yeah. of the ring. Uh, I found that quite amusing. The power slam at the end was very fun to watch. I, I watched it, it was I think, very a couple good. times. It was very that good. It was a very entertaining power yes. slam, and I'm sure that they needed a scraper to get Leo off the mat afterwards. <laughs> so that part was fun. Uh, I just, I find, I find Strowman dealing with mid-carters boring, no matter who the mid-carters are. I find Lashley boring. So those two guys are so aggressively boring. I just, I, I just. I think Lashley has so much wasted potential. Yeah, I feel like he. Has, I think Finn has wasted potential. Well, while we're on the subject. Finn is <laughs> Finn is a writing problem. I don't think Finn is well, a I, performance problem. I think Vin, I think Finn. I think we've also. I mean, when I was watching those NXT takeovers shirt. last weekend, yes, of course, the Finn Mark. 
I was watching those takeovers and just he had so much more offense in NXT. And I feel like his matches on the main roster are the same five moves. He does them very well. Yeah. I enjoy them. That's fair. But it's basically it's sling blade, it's double stomp, it's coup de gras. It's sling blade, it's double stomp, it's coup de gras. And occasionally yeah. he does the over the top spot. Yeah. yeah it, he's his and and I've read that his offense was forcibly limited by the WWE. He came over from New Japan. They told him yeah, you're going to have to cut down on your moves. So he cut them down in NXT. And then when he came to the main roster, they said, yeah, you're going to have to cut down your moves even more. And now he has five moves. And yeah. his whole gimmick is I smile when I come to the ring. And I just, I feel yeah. like he's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And they are yeah. handcuffing him creatively with his character and in the ring with it's his true. moveset. And so it makes it it makes him boring to me, which now, is terrible for me to say because I love the guy. I have a solution for you. And it might not be popular for the AB fans out there. Uh-oh. But I think Finn Balor should turn. Mm. I think the demon, who may or may not be making an appearance, we don't know. Mm. Uh, I think the demon should corrupt him Mm. and make him turn. Because I think, as a babyface, WWE is just going to always restrain him Mm. into this kind of shitty role. And I think if he turns, because of the influence of the demon for the storyline, I think that would open possibilities for more moves particularly more you know menacing you know maybe you know um i guess evil moves Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that are more about making your opponent suffer than necessarily Mm. you know overcoming them and becoming victorious but i think that'd be a good way to give finn a a nice little push there i don't think he's been a villain pretty much ever for most of his career yeah not on Uh, the main roster really yeah not really on the main roster i I would like to see i mean i can think of some baby faces i would just like to i actually want him to (laughs) since we're just fantasy booking here i would actually (laughs) like to see him go to smackdown while we're on the subject yeah uh i can think of several combinations of matches i would like to see i would like to see finn balor versus andrade i would like to see finn balor versus mysterio Mysterio. yeah i would like to see finn balor versus aj styles which we've only seen once in the whole time on the main roster even though they're the two top guys on the balor club i don't know how that feud hasn't happened an extended way yet uh he had several classic matches with samoa joe in nxt we could recreate that on the main roster there's a whole world of possibility for him to get a recharge and a fresh start and have a bunch of good feuds and build up some momentum if he goes to smackdown so he's a prime candidate there no doubt yeah no doubt and i mean he's been doing this a while who knows when he's gonna want to retire you know yeah i mean he's he's, 37 he's still doing it pretty well but you know as he's getting into his 40s you know yeah are you really gonna look back and think you did everything you could have Mm -hmm. to capitalize on his popularity yeah probably not i think they're really wasting him right now so uh but yeah back to the match uh for the tag team match i enjoyed uh leo rush getting thrown around i feel bad for leo rush because every match is just him getting destroyed by either bobby lashley (laughs) or somebody else the man of the hour and he's great (laughs) he's great at (laughs) he's great at getting his ass kicked every week um, and when he's not getting his ass kicked, he's even better. Yeah. Um, he's a little douchey Mustafa Ali. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. He is douchebag Mustafa Ali. Um, but my other notes for this uh, match, kind of ruined by commercials. Uh, again, it's one of those things where the match is finally getting good. There's finally some momentum. Commercial break. Mm. And then everything comes back, and everything's completely turned, and the crowd is completely silent. And you're like, well, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, I have no idea what happened. I have no idea why this momentum turn happened. And uh, why did, you know, everybody was all excited a minute ago, and now after this commercial yeah. break, everybody's dead. Everything's upside yeah. down. And it happens so frequently, and it's so frustrating. 
I've, there's so many other ways you could get around that and still make your money. Mm. I think it's just blatant greed, mm. honestly. Yeah. And just don't think it's going away, unfortunately. And I hate it. Because they know you won't change the channel. That's how know. they get you. Maybe I'll write some sternly worded letters to Fox That'll and uh, USA. Prepare yourself. Yes. Yeah. Fear me. <laughs> your $3 billion empire. So I'm guessing. I got mom- 20 bucks. <laughs> Fear me. So I'm guessing Moment of Bliss got cut from your version. Moment of bliss. No, I did have I did have moment of bliss um, later, but it didn't. It was weird uh, because <laughs> first we had the ref and security group coming at Rhonda, telling her don't be bad again. Oh yes, and yes she's that's like, right. oh, I will be bad again. Yeah. She does her goofy Shut walk. Up, stupid. <laughs> uh, Beavis over there. Do it at work. Rhonda Rousey Man. looks a lot like Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. <clears throat> Especially when she's got her cornrows like <laughs> all taped back and whatnot. <clears throat> um, but then we had the introduction of Moment of Bliss on the Hulu cut, and then a- immediately a commercial. And I, I saw nothing else. Oh, okay. I saw her say, hi, yeah. I'm hosting WrestleMania. And yeah. then it was done. So they reminded you that Alexa Bliss existed, That's which they thought was worthwhile. Apparently. Uh, so what happened on Moment of Bliss <laughs> <laughs> was Elias came out, and uh, Alexa promised Elias he would not be interrupted on her show. Okay, so she gave her word on that. Um, but he was. And it was by none other than, no, wait. Jose, no way. Jose, <laughs> with his conga line, being led by none other than Otis Dozovich. Yes. Heavy machinery. Yes. And he was so into it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the most wonderful thing about this segment. Uh, Unfortunately, it all went downhill from there. Again, another guy that Dan kind of introduced me to <laughs> yeah. when he was in NXT. Oh, uh, yeah. He can't not love the Dozer. Dude, Dozer is hilarious. He's fucking Dozer awesome. Is the best. And I just love that. I, I love that whole tag team. And I needed, just, I needed some comedy. They need to be on tv more often they're hilarious (laughs) they're just great comic relief and so he was leading the conga line and uh elias was obviously a little incensed that no way jose and his conga line were interrupting his moment of bliss segment so he challenged no no way jose to a match uh an impromptu match which elias of course Um, won i'm guessing elias won of course (laughs) Uh, that's the only reason no way jose comes on tv is to lose the couple times a year he does yep uh the conga line was very disappointed but they did dance their way out of the stadium after the loss (laughs) So uh, I wonder why Hulu cut Very, it. very important plot <laughs> development there. So there you go. You're welcome. Strong feud welcome. brewing there with Elias. Yeah, and you uh, wonder why we disagree on Raw, because I have to sit through this shit. That's true. He does have to suffer far longer than I, I have do. To, I have to watch three full real-time hours. Yeah, all right? I see an uh, hour and a half yeah. of Hulu cut. Yeah, Thank you. So. Uh, not including commercials, you. of course. Uh, next up, we had uh, the next entry into the Kurt Angle goodbye tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt Angle uh, went up against Chad Gable, which you informed me had been a match that people had been begging for mm-hmm. for a long time, just mm-hmm. because they both have the amateur wrestling background. Yeah, I believe um, Gable was. I might. I may be mixing him up with Jason Jordan, but I believe Gable was an Olympic wrestler, not a medalist, but was on hmm. the Olympic team for wrestling. Well, if he wasn't, I'll cut it. Okay, very good. <laughs> You're Make welcome. me look smart. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, I will say this about the match. Uh, again, feel good tour for Kurt Angle. I really hate watching him wrestle still because mm. he's just so broken and mm-hmm. it's, it hurts me. It's physically painful to watch him wrestle. And when 
they're trying to showcase their amateur wrestling and Gable's just doing these clean, perfect sweeps and Kurt can't even bend over to mm. attempt a sweep. Yeah. It's it was very painful to watch. That was and what was ironically what should have been the good side, the technical wrestling prowess of both of them was actually the downside because he has no athleticism anymore. And that can't style bend over. requires the most athleticism yeah. of any style he could be he, with. He's so. still got the strength. He just, just yeah. he can't bend over. It just it, what was supposed to be the big positive everybody wanted to see became the negative because it requires yeah. things physically he does not have. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um and I, th- I got some small notes for this match. Um, the crowd, what what are you doing, guys? You don't shout, yeah. this is awesome, when yeah. it's clearly not it's awesome. It's clearly not. It's clearly not. I think that was an anticipatory, this yeah. is awesome, like, we expect this to be awesome, but that's not a yeah. catchy phrase, so they, we'll just say it's They awesome. were literally just doing this <laughs> for like yeah. five minutes, and they were shouting, you know, yeah. this is awesome. I'm like, no, but yeah. it's not. It showed that there really has been that excitement to see that match forever, and, and, it, it, just ca- never and it just kind of, the excitement happen. came yeah. out, but then the actual product got yeah. underway, and I was like, oh. Just didn't happen in time. Oh, boy. Um, but it was a nice little thing there and i didn't yeah it was I, fun it's i enjoy, i am enjoying the gesture uh towards kurt angle and honestly spoiler alert for the upcoming shows i i think it's getting better mm-hmm. as we get closer to wrestlemania we'll see how the whole baron corbin thing works out but i i think it's been pretty sweet and i think it's a great send-off to give yes. him basically a full month to yeah. wrestle whoever he wants wherever he wants yeah including his hometown and you all can that. give up eight minutes of your three-hour yeah. show for one of the greatest of all time yeah go no off doubt. the way he wants to go off. no so. doubt no problem yeah um but yeah the match was awful it was it was really it was awful, really awful. It, was really it was really boring awful. i love gable i love Kurt Angle as a person, but uh, not so much as an old man wrestler who's broken and beaten and really needs to take a vacation. Mm. Not because I dislike him, but because he's so broken he's done. and I don't want him to yeah. die next yeah. year. You know, um, there's this thing in the army. You know, I, I was in the army. I was an infantryman, and there's this whole thing in the army that sergeant majors. You know, once they get past a certain point, they don't want to retire, and it's because basically every sergeant major that retires usually dies within a few years of retirement. Mm. And it's not because of something dark, like the, you know, like suicide or anything like that. It's because they've gone so hard for so long that when they finally do stop, everything just collapses. Mm -hmm. Like they've been ignoring all these health problems, you know, their joints are failing, Mm -hmm. their body's breaking down, you Mm -hmm. know, they're only in their late forties, early fifties and they're dead, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's because they go so hard and abuse their body so hard and get so little sleep and, you know, eat so much shit food that, you know, Mm -hmm. that shoveled down their necks on deployment and on train field training and all all this other stuff, you know, it's, it's tough on your body and, I don't think professional wrestling is that far off in terms of how much you abuse your body mm. doing over 200 sh- shows a, a year yeah. for yeah. decades yeah. Um, yeah, and really making this your entire life, probably sacrificing sleep, always you know yeah. jet lagged. And Angle um, in particular, he had a severe problem with painkillers for better part of a decade yeah. in, at the height of his career. So that really took a hell of a lot out of his body yeah. too. So Not, he's, he's really got no doubt about it. Up. And it's, I, you know, I'm I'm afraid of what's going to happen after he's finally, you know, putting his feet up mm. and you know so- soaking his feet in the the warm beaches of mm. some nice vacation spot because I fear I fear that if he's inactive, that his body's just going to start catching up with him and mm. he's going to start having to pay for all the the wear and tear he's put on that body. Yeah. Um. Hopefully and it, they find something for him to do. They're typically pretty good about that in WWE to their credit. They, yeah. they find things for guys to do. But, uh, of course, at the end, we get another Corbin interruption where he calls him out for being old and washed up and blah, blah, blah. And let's face it, he's kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
uh, which is kind of fun for the whole, you know, every good douchebag is kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am enjoying Corbin's kind of uh, antagonistic ways. He is. He is an old school heel. He is yeah. an old school heel. He's such heel a good weasel. That gets old school heat. There are not a lot of heels working today that get genuine <clears throat> boos from the audience. He gets real yeah. boos. He's he's the type of villain that uh, senile old grandmas would attempt yeah. to murder. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they think he's really that guy. Yeah. And children especially yeah. hate him too for yeah. the same reason. He it's really... like the, that story from uh, Jake the Snake Roberts yeah. where he talked about an old granny oh, yeah, that right. went up and tried to shoot him and he ended up... Yeah. Yeah. decking her in the face because <laughs> uh, she thought you know he was really that yes, guy yes uh but yeah, yeah just crazy stuff not a lot of guys get real booze the way corbin does so yeah. love him or hate him he gets the booze next up we had a uh sasha and bailey match tag team against uh, natalia and uh beth phoenix uh again i think just an excuse to give uh beth phoenix some time to be in the ring leading up to the whole uh hall of fame thing um I noticed that uh, Sasha is still wearing a lot of the back tape there. Yeah, the rock and it tape. Makes me wonder, you know, if she's still injured and she's just kind of yeah. playing through it to try to not get on Vince's bad side. Yeah, I think she, she she got her she got a shoulder injury around the Royal Rumble time, and I think it's just been kind of a nagging deal. Um, you know, they use that, but sometimes they use that rock tape just for normal aches and pains too. It's not always a real injury, so yeah. sometimes something will just be inflamed for a while and it'll just kind of be annoyed, even though you've got really no tissue damage or anything like that. And the rock tape just kind of alleviates it. So yeah. you'll see a lot of people with rock tape even uh, even when they don't really have injuries, but she has been using it in the same area for a while. So. Yeah. Hopefully, whatever's nagging her in that shoulder area and, will uh, clear up. And just reading into it, again, filthy casual here, just reading into it, it seems like Bailey's been doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the ring. Mm, for sure. For this whole stretch that they've had the, the tag team title. Yeah. Um, With the exception of the chamber match where Sasha really yeah. brought everything she had into that match. So yeah. big testament to her there. But definitely Bailey has been doing has been doing the bulk of the uh, the in-ring performing. And uh, that's fine by me because, as everybody knows, Bailey's my favorite in-ring performer on the women's roster. So, and um, you know, the match was fine. I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Um, again, you know, Bailey kind of taking the brunt of the abuse and mm-hmm. the you know actual action there. Um, and then the match got interrupted by Nia Jax and Tamina, which you know, Samoan Botcher House, fine as I call them. Okay, uh, um, not that the match was all that great to begin with, because let's face it, you know, yeah. Natalia and Beth Phoenix are both, you know, strong powerhouse type wrestlers, but they're, let's face it, they're pretty old. And it's, it shows a little bit when you're wrestling the likes of Bailey and Sasha, who mm. are just phenomenal. Yeah. And young, in their primes. So. Yeah. And it's, I get it. It was a legacy thing, you know, to try to help them out, boost them up a little bit, you know, like give some respect to these, you know, women who are, have been great wrestlers in the past. Yeah. And legends. still are very good wrestlers, but it, it was just, it was, not my type of match. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, just the, I thought the setup, you know, I think they were building towards WrestleMania already a little bit. So Boston Hug did say that they would challenge the Iconics on the following night's SmackDown. Uh, Divas Doom and Boston Hug had a little bit of a promo face off where um, I thought it was interesting how they built heat between these two obvious babyface teams and that uh, Bailey kind of accidentally insulted Beth Phoenix by saying like, oh, you know, you've been out of the game for a while. Are you sure you don't want more time to prepare for WrestleMania and everything? But and, Bailey's so bad on the mic uh, that I didn't buy any of it. <laughs> uh, Natalia got a little angry, insulted Bailey, who then got the boss in her face. And so then they had a match over it. And yeah, yeah the match wasn't great. I, I hate to admit this, um, but I just... 
I want to love Boston Hug as a tag team, but I don't. I really, really love them both as. <laughs> I'm singles. glad you're finally joining the dark I'm side. I'm finally admitting it. I just, I yep. tried not to. I, I think, I, I want to be clear. I think they're doing the right thing with them by having them spearhead the new tag division. They are the only sources of credibility in this division right now. They had to be the first champions. They have to be champions for a while to establish the credibility of the division because of their names and who they are and how good they are. Speaking of the division, Division 2, very good. Very good. Continue. Okay. So the women's tag division without them is a trash heap. So, you know, I don't love them as a tag team. If it's up to me, they're both competing as singles competitors and in the title picture because they're both such phenomenal wrestlers. I want to see them have singles wrestling matches for extended periods of time. And that's what I think they should be doing. I don't. I don't know what it is about their tandem offense, but I never like it or buy yeah. it. They do that little Bailey picks Sasha up, and then they do this weak ass little drop kick thing. Like I don't know what yeah. that is. It looks like you're hitting someone with your baby, uh, and then they do that thing where they try to they join hands and they do a double. I just they have one good move, which is the knee to hug, which is the Sasha backstabber into the Bailey to belly. The knee to hug. That's that's my favorite. That's the one tandem move they do that I really like, but. Their gimmicks are incongruous. I mean, yeah. legit don't, boss don't and work. the hugger. They just don't work I mean, how, how does the legit boss and the hugger possibly have anything in common yeah. gimmick-wise? That's so, how I feel about Ricochet and... Uh and Alistair Black, Alistair Black. Yeah, I just, I just don't. They don't it, work together. It does not work together. They're you both two, great independent yes. wrestlers, but they just don't work together. Yeah, two phenomenal individual wrestlers, and you know the fact that they are such good friends in real life and have such a strong relationship. I really like that, and for that reason too, I try to really like them as a tag team. But I don't, um, and I'm looking forward to them going back to being singles competitors. But I understand that they are definitely needed to establish this division for now, so we just got to accept it. Yep. Um, next up on my version of Raw, we had uh, Ronda Rousey uh, go up against Dana Brooke. Oh, so uh, you missed the best wrestler of the company right before oh, that. Oh, did I? Jinder Mahal finally oh, got my on God. TV. Maserati. <laughs> right. I will actually say that surprisingly Jinder Mahal was involved in the o- in one of the only positives I wrote down for Raw this week. Wow. Be- because he wrestled Ricochet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you. Thank you, Ricochet. Uh, so Ricochet was kind of Jinder Mahal's cheat code. Uh, they had a brief eight-minute or so match, and Ricochet did Ricochet thing, so I was entertained. Um, Jinder Mahal is just another one of those guys that has the perfect look and gimmick, but he's just and a banger of an entrance music. By yeah, the way. banger entrance music. But he's just terrible in the ring. Just terrible. Just terrible. Once his music stops, he's I'm just, awful. In I'm the just ring. depressed. I'm so happy when I hear his music, and then once it stops, I get depressed. He's got everything else. <laughs> everything else. Everything else is yeah. A plus. Yes, but he's just F but F in the ring. He finally got on TV to put Ricochet over. So yeah. that's what happened there. Uh, and so next in, in my version, we had the Ronda Rousey versus Dana Brooke, which is just a thing f- for the sake of being a thing, uh, where Dana Brooke just instantly gets squashed and armbarred, and then um, Ronda Rousey is fighting with people and refs, you know, because we got a seller as being the badass, and then her super giant uh husband was there to mm. kind of help her out. And then he picks her up like a little rag doll and puts her on the other side that of the really barricade. Annoyed that annoyed And me. when I saw that, I was like, okay, you're really? trying to make her such yeah. a badass, but then you make her husband just yeah. kind of pick her Carry up. her away like she's uh. a child. Like she's a six-year-old <laughs> in, the, in the grocery store yeah. throwing a fit because you won't buy her cocoa crisps. I was like, oh, really? all right, uh, okay, he got to okay. be on the show, and that's fine. And it was okay Stupid. when he was helping her wrestle, like yeah. fight people off, but when he picked her up yeah. like a little toddler. I just made it. Was, yeah. So that I was not a fan of. I hope at he doesn't all. get involved at WrestleMania or I'll be pretty angry. Uh, that would be pretty that shitty. That would be pretty shitty. Pretty shitty. Uh nothing against the guy. I just don't think he has a 
role in the storyline no. whatsoever. No. One-off thing to help fight, whatever. But yeah, the rest of it, not good. Yeah. And did you see Cruz and Corbin next? I did not. So the next match, Baron Corbin versus Apollo Cruz, uh, because reasons. Um, this match definitely existed. Um and ultimately I can see why you're <laughs> you, I can see why your rating went lower and lower uh compared to mine. Yeah. Uh so anyway, the Apollo, Hulu cut is the way to go yeah. apparently. Apollo Cruz did do fun Apollo Cruz things like he always does. He always shows off that mixture of athleticism and strength that he has. Yeah. So that was fun, but it was pretty much just a match and Apollo Cruz pulled the upset with a roll up which I don't know if that's the best decision when you're trying to build Baron Corbin as the career ender wow. of Kurt Angle, but uh wow. that's what they went with. So okay, there you go. Uh, well, good for Apollo Cruz getting some uh, <laughs> yeah. spotlight there. Got a W. He got a paycheck there. I like Apollo. Um, next up, I had the uh, Batista interview where he's in this kind of uh, Scarface, you know, yeah. Miami cokehead yeah. <laughs> like studio. Clearly filming uh, uh, a B mobster movie, yeah. and uh, just decided not to get out of character before doing. Probably this on set interview. of the Marine Eight <laughs> or Nine or the Marine Ten. Need to talk about the drug money. I mean Triple H. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. I made Triple H an offer. He can't refuse. Let <laughs> me well, tell you something, Hunter. You broke my heart. <laughs> yeah. Give me my life. <laughs> I, I did but. like I did like the part of this promo where he talked about how manipulative Triple H is and you know all the dirty tricks that he pulled back in the day and all this kind of stuff. Because that no, is stuff called that, the cerebral assassin yeah, for a reason. This is stuff uh, that people really knew about Triple H in the early two thousands and the late nineties is that he was a manipulator. He was the cerebral assassin. He did he was kind of a dirty player yeah. uh, in the politics of wrestling, as anyone who's familiar with the click knows. So I did like that he touched on some of that stuff without breaking kayfabe openly. It's just like you know he's talking about non kayfabe stuff, but he's not actually breaking it. So I did like that. Um, I do think what he's doing with his character is interesting. I just, I don't know, a satellite interview with Michael Cole is not the best way to do anything for me. Yeah, it was a little weird. I don't know uh, what the end result was for this whole storyline. I Honestly, I don't think it did anything because everything he said was pretty vague. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, there to be there. Um, but, hey, it's a thing. It's a thing. And I love the animal. As, as you know, mm -hmm. I'm a big Batista mark. Yep. Uh, I hate to admit it because there's many reasons to hate the guy, but when I was 14 years old, Batista was the shit. And every time I hear his music, I will mark out, and there's nothing I can do about See, it. See, so. Batista came right when I stopped wrestling, or stopped watching wrestling. Yeah. Um, right around age, you know, 14, 13, you know, I'm only, you know, what, 10 months yeah, older than yeah, you? Yeah, months older than me. Um, like that. So, it, you know... I was right around that age when I stopped paying attention to wrestling when, during the John Cena era. Pr pretty much John Cena ruined wrestling for me, and I just never... <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I just, just held in there a little I, I disliked <laughs> the whole gimmick and the character so much, and it just became so much part of the culture that I just didn't yeah. want any part of it. I mean, he just buried the whole roster was the problem. Yeah, and so I just I quit watching. I quit enjoying it. And but he didn't bury Batista, which was... Yeah. Batista was one of the few lights in the dark age of Cena. Yeah, and I, I remember him you know, being introduced. I remember him in his first few matches but that's that's pretty much mm. all i got you know um uh, back when he had hair yeah and his glorious soul patch which i love i look forward to seeing another batista bomb after all these years i gotta <laughs> say looking forward to that i'm not generally looking forward to this match at wrestlemania because i feel like it'll be two 50 year olds wrestling for 30 freaking minutes because triple h doesn't know how to wrestle for less than 30 minutes but uh i just love batista so that'll, yeah. that'll help carry it a little bit for me uh, i think i think batista still got it 
Think so? I, I think so. Yeah. I, I think know. I think you'll be pleasant. It's hard with the big strong dudes. You know, they tend yeah. to age worse than that's you true. Know, that's the tough part. But he's been doing the movies. We'll yeah, that's true. I don't know. He's, he's he's had to stay fit. Surely he, Drax the Destroyer is ready to go. Surely, surely. And how will Triple H ever see him? <laughs> he's got uh, that in his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the match probably more than most people are. Um, but I don't have that legacy build up mm. like you had mm-hmm. with Batista, so I don't, I don't have quite that connection. Most of what I know is from you, yeah, <laughs> by yeah, proxy or yeah. by just watching old matches on you know WWE Network. Um, so uh, we'll see how it turns out. I I, I have some faith that it, it's going to be okay. I think I think everybody's just panicking for no reason. I wow. think it'll be I think it'll be okay. Chris the optimist, what's the, happening here? I know <laughs> tables are completely flipped. Um, but there's so many matches at WrestleMania. I don't see how it can stretch on for too long. Mm. Like it, it's got to be like a ten minute match, maybe. I'd hope. Oh no, I think it'll uh, be on the wrong end of twenty minutes, my wow. friend. I'm wow. predicting it right now. Oh, no wow. holds barred. Batista's retirement match. Save it for the prediction. Triple podcast, H. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Tri- yeah. <laughs> Under you've over. Seen Triple H. We'll take bets Have on you Saturday. Seen one big Triple H match. You know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> the man works at a snail pace. And then we had the uh, final main event of the show. For me, we had Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins, where Drew McIntyre has been systematically going through the entire cast of S.H.I.E.L.D. and destroying them. Um, In this match, Drew McIntyre once again more or less destroys the S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. Um, In this case, Seth Rollins. Uh, I will say this was a little weird. Uh, I didn't like the whole breaking kayfabe that was going on calling him Joe when he was talking about Roman Reigns. Yeah, and he basically said um, he was tougher than cancer. Basically said you had cancer but you haven't met a challenge like me. Like what? What? Which is you're tougher than leukemia? Uh, it's not is that what you're saying? Which is not I don't understand. Yeah, which is <laughs> I don't think leukemia does any, you know, power bombs or yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, I guess. It, it's not McIntyre's fault. You don't need chemo for it, a Claymore yeah. kick as a counterpoint. It's, it's, <laughs> it's clearly not McIntyre's it's fault. Not, this it's, is Vince. This, this is, is Vince. This is the script yeah, through this, and through. This is Vince. Has nothing to do with McIntyre. He was selling it as good as he possibly I could. I guarantee you the decision to talk about leukemia in a storyline is yeah. 100% Vince. But I, <laughs> but I think after that, in my opinion, this is the best McIntyre's been on the mic after the whole kayfabe breaking part was over, specifically when he was talking about Seth Rollins, not about how he's going to shit on Joe, mm, yeah, <laughs> aka Roman Reigns. Um, I'm begging you to say no, Joe, because my brain automatically pictures Samoa Joe when he says Joe. <laughs> yes. So when he calls him Joe, and he's obviously breaking kayfabe, it just doesn't work. Yes. At, at any point, and especially when he's talking to a Samoan Joe. It's something, yeah. It's something that's been happening a lot recently with the whole kayfabe thing. And it's at, at first, I was like, specifically for the Triple H one, I was mm. like, okay, that that makes sense because there's so much between these two guys. There's so much history between them. Okay, it makes sense. I didn't like that one either. For for this one, I I'm like, it's the last straw. We yeah. had Ronda Rousey breaking kayfabe. It started with Ronda. Uh, we had uh, Triple H breaking kayfabe. We have, Drew, yeah. We have. Uh, Batista breaking kayfabe. Yeah. Now we have Drew McIntyre breaking kayfabe. We have Baron yeah. Corbin breaking kayfabe, and it's just yeah, it's not. It's it started too- with Ronda Rousey's fucking Twitter, and yeah. it just snowballed out of control it's, the last few weeks. It's one thing if it happens like once in a in a blue moon to add extra effect to something, like mm. when you know 
the goat got just brutalized by Batista, that's when I was like, okay, he's mm. selling it extra because we witnessed him attack the goat on his 70th birthday. Okay, it makes more sense. It kind of sells it a little better. But then it just snowballed, and now it's at this point. Mm. Same with the Ronda thing. Same with the uh, Drew McIntyre thing and the Baron Corbin thing. It's just too much. It's too much. It's too much winking at the audience, and I I don't I don't like I it. I did write that down as our next big topic when we have a big topic. So yeah, we which will we, we haven't had a topic for about, about three this. shows yeah. now. Um, <laughs> we will be talking much more about this though in a soon. We, we have soon. A, we have a list of topics that we have prioritized <laughs> that will be coming down the line once we get caught up. And WrestleMania is finally over with. Um, but uh, other on this, uh, I I thought it was a pretty good match. You know, Seth yeah. Rollins and McIntyre are both really good wrestlers. Monday Night Rollins. So hey, Monday Night I, Rollins delivers uh, again. Fuck commercials because they kept interrupting mm. good parts. Um. I, I wrote my notes before the match is over. I kind of want McIntyre to win because I'm enjoying how he's just decimating the shield. Mm. And then he does win. And I was stoked, except it was because Brock Lesnar became a distraction. Yeah. I mean, you can't have you can't yeah. have Brock Lesnar's challenger at WrestleMania lose clean. At Which this I point. understand. You know, I understand. Can't. But I, I, th- I thought that was a good workaround. I like, did think it was know. still a ballsy move to have him yes. pin Seth Rollins. Yeah. I was like, nice. I think that nice. was nice. Yeah. That was ballsy. You took a risk and yeah. it paid off. This and way, I, I like it. This way you protect Rollins, who is the number one contender yeah. for the Universal Championship. And you also make Drew be able to say, I've destroyed two thirds of the shield. You're last. You know, yeah. You're next on my list. And I, I really am liking the whole Drew McIntyre decimating the shield to prove a point thing, mm-hmm. to prove that he's the biggest badass on the, uh, you know, in the ring, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I love when he was doing that whole dynamic with Finn Balor before, and I think it works best for him um, when he's not shrinking into a tiny little ball. <laughs> um, so um, more or less on the, you know, main fight there with Seth Rollins, I gave the show a seven out of ten. Of course. I was not. No, this is raw standards. This is not SmackDown standards. Yes, SmackDown standards. This would be like a five. I will not grade on a curve. But all right, let, let's face it. Raw is what it is, and I'm going to be kind. This is your flagship show. This is you have the highest it's standards. A seven raw. Ugh, seven. It's a it's a flat seven. No extra, <laughs> no extra credit. Nothing there. I gave it a seven, and I'm sticking to it. I gave it a two and a half. God damn. I wrote down. I wrote down <laughs> worst brutal. worst raw of 2019. And I wrote down that the absolute only juice on the entire show for me was a Ricochet and Monday Night Rollins. Now Those you were, were the only two parts. You I were also subjected to far, far more suffering I than I was. I was, but I also uh, got Ricochet, which so, you didn't. So I got a true. little boost. That's and true. that was one of the two things I liked. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Ricochet, and thank you, Seth Rollins, for your efforts to keep this from being a zero. But that was all two things I enjoyed in three hours. Yep. This was a dumpster fire for me. And once again, on these fa- past few episodes, we have been opposed on yeah. Raw. Uh, clearly, we are very polarized. We have different expectations for we Raw, do. and uh, I am not sports entertainer. Are receiving different things from Raw. <laughs> Um, next up, we got SmackDown. This one for March 19th, I believe. Um, we open with The Miz coming out to address. I know it's very prominent. It's very, something very prominent in your notes. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing that. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> first, we had uh, The Miz come out and address everything that's been happening. We haven't really seen him or heard from him since mm-hmm. Fastlane, where uh, his father and uh mr potato face as he's called now (laughs) and his stepfather uh and uh shane o'mac went at it and uh shane o'mac abused his his biological father mr potato face and uh made him suffer publicly 
and shamed him on the show following that that we attended uh, on SmackDown. That's right. And I got to hand it to The Miz. He he does everything well. Fantastic. He sold the the anger so well. You Uh, felt emotion. And I was like, he sold the puppy dog eyes when they were best friends and he failed him. He Mm -hmm. sold the suffering when, you know, Shane O'Mac attacked his father and him. Mm -hmm. And now he's selling the anger perfectly. You know, there's a reason this guy is the (laughs) A-lister. Okay, he's the A-lister for a reason. Yep. This is why they pegged him to be the star of the Marine Six. Yes, okay? no doubt. Um, I love Miz. Love Miz. I love everything about him. So he cracks good. me up, and when he wants to be serious and emotional, he sells it so well. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm all about this. You not only felt his anger, but yep. you felt the pain that was underlying that yeah. anger at the same time. Yeah. Like, this was really deep stuff. I mean, I, if I ever have a complaint about The Miz, is that his actual acting is really good, but you don't always feel the genuine emotion all the way. Like, the acting you see is good, and you hear it, but you don't always feel it, and you really yeah. felt it this I felt time. it this time. I, you felt it. For sure. So, this was a great, great And shout promo. out to the camera work. The camera work was perfect. Yes, yes it was. They caught his angry, disgusted yeah. eyes perfectly. Yeah. It's it very well. Fantastic, bro. Very well sold. Um, and then the next thing we saw on SmackDown was uh, Boston Hug versus the Iconics, mm-hmm. which was fucking interrupted by Lacey Evans. <laughs> right there in my notes. Yeah. Yeah. Not a Lacey Evans fan. Fuck Lacey Evans. Fuck this whole first woman of wrestling thing. Yeah. I don't need to fucking see her interrupting it. We got commercial breaks interrupting everything. We don't need Lacey Evans and then a commercial break and then missed, you know, half the match. What are they doing? I hate it. What are they doing? I hate it. If you need to give her a paycheck, make her do something. What is the end game? Make her do anything. What's the end game of this? I hate it. It's so bizarre. It's really bizarre and it fucking sucks. And I wish it would, I I wish it would fucking stop. I can understand doing it once in a while at a pay per view to give her a pay per view paycheck, but you don't need to do it on SmackDown and Raw every week. It's, it's just no reason. It's too much. It's unnecessary. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of effort. It's probably a waste of a paycheck. It's stop. Um, but this match wasn't very good, in my opinion. So you know, this wasn't one of the more egregious interruptions. See, this is <laughs> this is one of the things where we're probably not going to agree. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. I actually I said other than the Lacey Evans issues, it was pretty enjoyable. Um, of course, the Iconics cheat to win because that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, and the, the minute the match was announced, I said, "Yeah, Peyton Royce is going to roll up Sasha." I think and. That's yeah, what happened. Saw that coming. Yeah, iconic's um, got to be built up as a credible contender. So but that's of, the way to do of it. course, no belt because no belt was on the line. Um, but I did enjoy it, and honestly, anything that gives me hope that the belt will be taken away from Sasha and Bailey, so they won't be a tag team anymore, that makes me happy. Even if it does go to the fucking iconics, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who are a joke. I did not. I did not like this match. I just. I don't like the iconics in the ring in general. I just don't think they're very good. Um, I love Sasha and Bailey individually. I don't love them as a tandem. I said that, and uh, I said that about the Iconics until Fastlane, and the Iconics actually impressed yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, and they, I, I do yeah. enjoy the kind of I comic think, relief match. You yeah, know? I mean, when it's done well, it's very yeah, enjoyable. When they're one feature, you know, it's fine. But I definitely don't want to see them have the tag belts. I yeah. don't want to see them wrestling as a tag team every week. And That's true. I just I don't think they're very good in the ring, and. I mean, part of it is just their offense. I mean, Peyton Royce's offense is not believable. Peyton Royce doesn't look like she can crack an egg. And you're trying to believe that she is out there beating the hell out of the women's champions. I just, I cannot buy it. I cannot get into it. This felt like another botch fest to me. Um, I just, I really didn't like it at all. But I will say that it was nice to see Bailey on SmackDown for the first time ever in her career. 
first time ever that how, Bailey's been. How on is that possible? She's been on Raw since she came into the main roster. Really? Yeah, she was the last of I the horsewomen that came up to the main roster, and she has been on Raw that entire time. Never any crossovers uh, or anything. Not one time. Wow. Never. That's Never insane. been on SmackDown. So her SmackDown debut. So good to see Bailey in between blue ropes. That was about all the good things I have to say about this match. Did not like it at all. Yep. Uh, next up, we had uh, Ray Mysterio um, with his little promo with his son. And quite frankly, I, Giant think, son. I think he needs to take a DNA test <laughs> because there's no fucking way, unless yeah. he's married to fucking Wonder Woman herself, yeah. that that kid is his. That kid is... Maybe his wife is Brittany Griner and we just don't know about it. <laughs> his wife is fucking China, yeah, apparently. Yeah, she must be nine feet tall and then he just averages out. You know? Dude. This, he was another human being taller than Rey Mysterio. <laughs> another human being tall. Yeah, I kind of want Rey to be replaced with Dominic for the match at WrestleMania just to see what happens, you know? It was it was bad. I'm curious to see <laughs> if like, he's going to get involved in that match or in some capacity. Maybe Joe's going to, you know, go after fuck up his giant kid. Rey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Something kid, to keep an eye on. The kid is so yeah. cute. How is that his kid? I have no idea. I, no I idea. honestly wonder if they have taken a DNA test. Honestly. Maybe tallness skips a generation. I mean, <laughs> I'm taller than both my father, my mother, you know, our mother. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everybody in the family I'm taller than. I'm only 5'11". I'm not... Our, our family's pretty short all around. Yeah. Um, But I didn't grow another human being taller. Yeah. That is... That He's is a, a drastic difference. He's giant. Unless that kid was being fed steroids I mean, and growth hormone his like, entire life. I mean, given Mysterio is only like 5'6", so he's going to look bigger next to him, too. But that kid's like seven foot tall. He's like 6'2". That's still, <laughs> that's still huge compared to Rey yeah. Mysterio. Maybe it's just, you know, it's a dominant trait that comes from the mother's side, you know, because she's not a guy. What, is she, she a horse? <laughs> what the fuck is going on there? Yeah, it's odd. But yeah, it looked it looked like the kid was having fun. It and he does like, have wrestling yeah. ambitions. So yeah, cool. I believe he's done some he looks work like Walter. already. <laughs> Rey Mysterio has actually said that he wants to wrestle his son before he dies. Or dies. Wow. Retires. We got dark Retire. there. Damn. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. Not much left in the tank. For Ray Mysterio, yeah, apparently. feeling a little he's depressed. Running on empty, yeah, is he? he's, he's he's on his uh, last legs. See, clearly, we, t- we talk about Raw for too long, and Dan just starts Speaking thinking about death. I just, and- I just do. I was thinking about what I wanted to do after watching Raw last week. <laughs> is why it slipped out like that. Yeah. No, Mysterio has many more, many more years. He could still hit a reverse Rano with the best of them at forty-four. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's good. Watch uh, Ray Mysterio and Andrade go at it for another half-hour <laughs> yes, match, please. and uh, you. It's clear that he has much left in the tank. Fight forever. Um. But yeah, uh, I it was kind of cute. His son looked like he was having a good time. Ray looked like he was having a good time. Still don't believe it's his son, but you know, <laughs> but, well, to each their own. If he's adopted, great. Yeah, but uh, there's no way that's your biological son, <laughs> and I refuse to believe it until I see the DNA test that proves otherwise. I'm sure they'll get right on that. Uh, but they announced Mysterio and uh, Samoa Joe will be going at it for the U.S. Championship mm-hmm. uh, at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. adding yet another match to WrestleMania. That should be awesome. Um, but uh, Samoa Joe and Mysterio are fucking awesome, and it should be a fucking awesome match. Uh, we'll see what the end result is at WrestleMania. Perhaps a prediction is in order. Next up, we had the Kevin Owens show. The return of the Kevin Owens show. <laughs> Clearly, Dan was all about it. I love Kevin Owens. It, I do love him as a show host. It was quite entertaining. He's amazing at everything. We had Becky Lynch uh, still doing the whole limp thing when she came out, which is annoying to me because I'm so sick of this fake leg injury thing. But it was finally K-fabe, over. Hey, Fabe, sir. 
It's fake. Okay, Fabe. It's fake. Shut up, Rhonda. Fake. Shut up, Rhonda. Fake. Fake leg. It's it's a bad. If it was a good gimmick, if shut it up, was, Beavis. If it was a good reason <laughs> to be kayfabe, I would be okay with it. It's not a good reason to be kayfabe. Hey, 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 Beavis, why don't you is, go get some teepee for your bunghole and just stop it that, right now? That kayfabe moment <laughs> is the reason we had to watch fucking Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch go at it with a fucking crutch for like an hour before Ronda finally ended it in disqualification. That was an abomination. It was fucking painful, an and it wouldn't have had to happen if not for the kayfabe injury. That was abhorrent. It, it was just awful. Horrendous, disgusting. I never want to see it again. But the Kevin Owens show was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> um, we had Charlotte Flair come out and start talking shit. Uh, and, of course, Kevin Owens kind of instigating things, yeah. which is always fun. Hey, Becky, do you remember when Charlotte said this horrible thing? And Charlotte, do you remember when <laughs> Becky said this horrible thing? Wow. <laughs> How do you feel about that I one? I mean, there may be no more talking to be done here. You might just have to fight it out at this point. And then he slowly <laughs> removes himself from the ring like the little instigator that he is. Uh, Oh, I love it, and he I is put, the best. I put my, <laughs> I put my notes. He is wrestling Jerry Springer, he's, and I love it. He's the best. He's the best at everything. Um, <laughs> the the brawl wasn't very good. In no, my the, the the brawl was what it's been for the past two it months. Was very half assed. The past two months has been nothing but half assed brawls for no reason, and yeah, that's it. But I do want to insert one positive thing to say about Becky, which is as overbooked and horrible as the storyline and feud has been, and as unwatchable as it's been. Becky's still really fucking over. She gets huge Becky chance in every she arena does, she enters. And those man shirts and signs are everywhere. So even though so she um, is somehow enduring this horrible storytelling and remaining super popular regardless. She's I had a lot more respect and a higher opinion of her before this whole story arc kind of ruined her character for me. Now it's just kind of dead. That's just my opinion. It's dead. But she's getting those fan she's, reactions. There's so. still loyalists that are there and still pushing for her. But no, she's, they're not just loyalists. I mean, yeah. this is the, the yeah. mass. There's yeah. a huge number of people uh, that still love the man. Yeah. She gets the biggest pops so she everywhere she done goes. shit for yeah. like two months. I mean, the story sucks. Except limp around and get beat up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the story sucks. I'm just saying that her. it's impressive that her popularity has endured the horrible That's story. That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, we see every event we go to, we see the man shirts yeah, everywhere, everywhere, including his. Yeah, of course. So uh, yeah. I love the man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we had a, a nice promo from the Planet's champion, Daniel Bryan himself. Um, and he actually made a nice point. Kofi lost and was a replacement. He has a point. And he also pinned the WWE champion in the original gauntlet match, sir. One, two, three. Off the trouble in paradise, sir. Was it for the title? No. But it was a clean Daniel pin. Bryan is a champion. You pin the champ, he wins. you get a shot at the champ. He wins when he needs to win. Oh, is that what it is? That was about sending a message to the fickle and impotent citizens out there. I wish I had a pancake to slap you with right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually love everything about the Plans Champion. He is fantastic. And he is. I, I described him yesterday as the heel of my dreams. Well, I fully <laughs> expect them to capitalize on the Kofi mania and have Kofi beat him for the title. I do not want this Save it gimmick. for the prediction show. I don't want this gimmick to end. I really don't. It's fantastic. And I love the belt. I don't want the belt to go away. Oh, it's going away. Although we're probably going to get a pancake, pancake belt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's probably going to happen. Boot, Booty-o side plates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we had the gauntlet match, finally. First up, we had Kofi versus The Bar. 
Um, in my notes, I put it, it was kind of weirdly technical to start off, like very technical, which mm. you don't see from Kofi very often. Mm-hmm. But uh, of course, but you the do bar. see from the bar. You do see from the <laughs> bar. Um, they gave a lot of cred to Cesaro. Cesaro was getting some nice spots in there. Mm. And, you know, Sheamus wasn't a pushover either. He was beating the hell out of Kofi Kingston for a little while yeah, there. Yeah, I thought they both looked um, tough. I was happy with how both were portrayed. and Because you knew they were taking the loss. Yeah. So at the very least, you want them to look like they're not pushovers, and neither of them looked that way. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it made me happy because I think the bar is such a great tag team. They're, they're one of the Love great them. tag teams along with, like, the Usos. Mm. And, like, they're one of the great tag teams that's in the sport right now, mm-hmm. and they've been just eating pins for yeah. weeks on they weeks have. on weeks. They are slumping big. Just because they don't have anything story-wise to do mm-hmm. with them, other than to have them be kind of Vince's go-to, you know, bad guys to come in and generically do stuff. And yeah, you know, they've got they've got a lot of credibility built up from their tag team title run and all the good things they did in that time. So yeah. they've really, but they've been drawing heavily on that yeah. credibility. They've been making a lot of withdrawals and not making a lot of deposits into that bag. So yeah. at some point soon, they're going to have to turn it around. But I did think both of them look, look pretty tough. Uh, Sheamus got pinned with the trouble in paradise just out of nowhere. And then Cesaro got pinned with the SOS eventually, but both yeah. of them put up tough fights. So I was happy with that. Yeah. And I, I really respect Cesaro as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know Sheamus is the guy that's always the face of the group. That's always the one that gets pushed. But Cesaro is a fucking phenomenal wrestler. Mm, yeah. Phenomenal. He's, he's a freak. Everything athlete. he does is so clean, so smooth. He's so fucking strong. He's so strong. Um, Technically sound. I kind of feel bad because Sheamus is the guy that got his solo push for a while there and then went into the tag team scene right. with him. Yeah, Sheamus is much more decorated. But Cesaro never really got that mm-hmm. chance, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and he's not the kind of guy to complain for it, even he's if he deserves not. it. <laughs> and if there was a future Kofi to be, I think it's Cesaro. Mm. You know, the guy that's been perennially disrespected is pretty much only recognized as part of a group mm. um, where he's not necessarily the most flashy part of that group, mm-hmm. but he is extremely good in the ring yeah. and well deserving of a nice solo push. Mm. And once this whole storyline situation is, you know, hammered out. As much as I love the bar as a tag team, I would really love to see Cesaro get a nice like push, even if he is, you know, obviously a villain or something like mm-hmm. that, because he is so good he at wrestling. Fantastic. He's so good at wrestling. He might be the most underrated guy in the roster. Yeah, and I know he doesn't necessarily have the perfect look. You know, he's kind of a balding guy. Yeah, he's not as big as Sheamus, even though he is pretty. He big. He looks like a douchey European though, which is his yeah. gimmick. So yeah. he does fit for that. <laughs> but I, I think he's awesome, and I really yeah. think he needs a push. Absolutely. But uh, Kofi got his ass kicked for, like, what is it, 10 minutes, 15 minutes straight yeah, by yeah, the bar? Yeah, he um, really, uh, I mean, he is the underdog face in peril kind of guy for most of his matches, and then he just finds a way to pull it out, and he really stuck to that formula yeah, for these matches. which was fun. It was exciting. It was a great match. Yeah, it was just how point. I wanted it to go. Yeah. It was just how I wanted I don't, it to go. I honestly don't think they could have done it better mm-hmm. um, for having the bar go up against Kofi Kingston in that moment, uh, where you clearly have to go through the rest of the gauntlet afterwards. Yes, yes. Um, Next up, we had Rowan come out and just destroyed Kofi, but of course he got disqualified because yes. in Rowan fashion, he smashed Kofi through a table. Iron claw through the announce table. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> Again, I love the Planets Champion. I love Rowan. Uh, I love everything about this. I recognize that Kofi is the guy that's building up to be the champion, but man, am I loving the ride. <laughs> I love Rowan and Daniel Bryan. 
uh, and the whole gimmick. And I love that Rowan didn't lose. He just got yes. himself disqualified yeah. for being a brutal beast. Yeah, that was a good way out. That, that was, that a good was way an out, excellent you know? way out. Yeah. For him to lose, he had to lose, but they didn't want to make this monster unable to beat, Again, beat sma- down Kofi. <laughs> SmackDown so. so much better. Yeah. So much just... more well-planned. Again, this... I keep saying it. SmackDown. How is this the same company? It's insane. Raw, what are you doing? How is this the same company? Um, next up, we had uh, Samoa Joe call, come out and uh, beat on him pretty good. Another extended beatdown. And then, of course, as Joe usually does when he loses, he gets rolled up. I call him Samoa Joel up um, <laughs> because I have never seen anybody get roll up pinned it's, as it's, often as he does. It's pretty much the only way he That's loses. That's his last three matches. He either loses the last by... last three times he's wrestled now. <laughs> he's been rolled up every time. He either loses by disqualification or he loses by getting rolled up. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And spoiler alert. He was not done getting rolled up for this week. <laughs> so, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, next up, we had Randy Orton come out. And again, fucking A-class fucking writing from mm. the staff. Mm-hmm. Perfect awareness, perfect fan recognition. This was winking at the audience in a way that was appropriate, mm-hmm. that worked to make an emotional moment. We had Randy Orton during the match, you know, obviously beating the hell out of Kofi for a little bit there calling back to that moment where he's calling stupid stupid. just awesome fantastic perfect fantastic and 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 randy by the way is a pro because he made sure he got kofi into position and he made sure all the cameras got nice and close so that 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 the microphones would pick him up saying it and once they were in position that's when he let out the stupid stupid just perfect perfect Amazing. amazing um I love when Randy is actually trying. Yeah. When Randy is actually trying, he can tell a he's, story he's with phenomenal. anybody. He can yeah. wrestle with anybody. Yeah. He is one of the greats when no he's doubt. really trying. No doubt. And I that felt like the, he felt like a real villainous asshole in that yeah. moment. Like you really felt it. He was toying with this guy whose career he had buried and the lines of reality were blurred in a nice way instead of a moment ruining way. And that was just that's Randy's just doing great work lately. Yeah. It's been it, honestly, if it was Randy Orton in the the role that Daniel Bryan has right now, yeah. I think that would work way better. Yeah, I'd be very. That would be the. Uh, that's a perfect final yeah. boss for his redemption yeah. tour, um, <laughs> because so that was the boss that killed him last. If time. and I really doubt this would happen. If they let Daniel Bryan retain mm. at WrestleMania, I think it would be awesome if Randy Orton was the next guy to go after. Like that's the guy. Well, even if Kofi wins the championship, Randy can be his first challenger. It's true. You know, it's true. It might be good. But uh, yeah, just class A writing. Class A Fantastic. event, great wrestling from everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Um, again, big shout out to Cesaro. The, the more I see the guy, the more I love and respect him. And pff, I, you say say I'm a mark for Finn. Say mm-hmm. I'm a mark for uh, Alistair Black. Say I'm a no, mark for you know Oscar. <laughs> like you're right. Yes, but damn, Cesaro's up there. Yeah, he's fucking up there. Wow. I, wow. I, Entered your top five? I, yeah, probably. Impressive. I Impressive. fucking love Cesaro. Boy. He's great. Um, but Chris yeah, loves him some uppercuts. I do. I do. <laughs> I like me some strong boys. Uh, but yeah, uh, of course, Kofi wins, as you would expect, leading up to WrestleMania. Joyous. Such uh, a great moment. Oh, wait, but there's eight minutes of showtime left. I wonder what they're going to do with that. The boss comes out. <laughs> so, um, Kofi! You're not going to WrestleMania. XFL. <laughs> 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 You're not the man. I'm the man. B plus. Uh, You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> We're having too much fun with this. Vince's impressions are fun. <laughs> uh, so, of course, Mr. McMahon himself comes out uh, to address 
the victor of the gauntlet. Of course, as a great villain does, he keeps setting up these impossible standards that Kofi can't hope to uh, mm-hmm. overcome. And um, they send out Daniel Bryan. As You've just got to defeat one more man. The planet's champion! <laughs> Fickle! Um, and of course, no chance. No. Not going to beat Daniel Bryan. Not after, after getting that. beat down by five people. No. That's just not happening. No. No. It, you would struggle to beat Daniel Bryan. Yes. Without getting hard enough to beat him any other time. But Kofi's done it. Hashtag Kofi Mania. But don't mm. beat the planet's champion. I need that belt to stay. Mm. Some things are more important than the planet, sir. Yeah. Like pancakes. How dare you? <laughs> Although I'll take some bootios right now. Um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, overall, with, with the exception of the Miz promo at the beginning, I thought the first half of the show was kind of weak um, and very promo heavy. Mm. Um, so I, I, I only docked it a little bit. But in the end, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Hmm. I really enjoyed SmackDown. The main event was amazing. Yeah. Um, from start to finish. The writing on SmackDown just looks so good, especially when it's compared to the shitstorm that is Raw. Um, and, of course, I was grading Raw on a curve. But if I was gr- holding Raw up to the standard of SmackDown, mm. like Raw would be like a 4 or a 5. Mm-hmm. Like that, SmackDown is just such a good product it's right so now. Good. And if you are not watching SmackDown... Uh, because you like NXT or whatever, throw SmackDown in there every week because mm-hmm. it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, Raw, not so much, but SmackDown is fucking worth it. They don't just set the bar. They are the bar. They really are, though. Uh, yeah, I gave it an eight and a half. Um, I loved Miz's promo a lot. I real Again, I hate to say this because you know I'm a women's wrestling mark, but the women drag this show down. Hey, really? uh, yeah, Boston Hug and Iconics. Big I reason why I enjoy I, it I all. It down. Uh, the KO, Kevin Owens was fantastic on the KO show as always. He is hilarious. He is charming. He's fantastic. Everything he does. Uh, but the brawl itself was really poorly done. I don't know what was going on with Charlotte and Becky or yeah. if they were lacking was, sleep or what pretty, was going on. It was cringeworthy. It was very half-assed. Yep. Um, Gauntlet match was great. I, I do want to say I'm just, I'm very happy with how they did this. But when it was announced, I was concerned that it would make all these guys look like shit. Because inevitably someone's going to look like shit yeah. if you if you know a gauntlet match is going to happen. Sure. Um, but they gave sure. Sheamus and Cesaro extended fights with Kofi. Yeah. They were just caught and, off guard by the finisher. Yeah. And those are the guys that you would think would mm-hmm. be the ones that get shit upon for yeah. the sake of the match right. and get squashed right away. Them, they probably yeah. had the longest time in yeah, ring, they did. They and they were the both often. Yep. They're just excellent. Yeah, and a creative thing to do with Roman to just Rowan to just get himself DQ'd with a crazy attack and fits his character and also gets him out of there pretty quick so he doesn't have yeah. to take a loss. Yeah. Uh Joe has been rolled up so many times, you know, it's just <laughs> that does nothing that does not affect him in any way yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh Randy doesn't look great getting rolled up as the fifth person. That would be like my one minor complaint is Randy yeah. getting rolled up as the fifth person kind of makes him look shitty, but But if it's because he's so cocky about yeah, it, yeah, that, it could then it's like okay, it. we can yeah. sell that, you know. And you know, he got caught off guard because he saw a victim and he was just playing with him and didn't yeah. respect him enough to prevent himself from getting rolled up. Yes, he can be a very cocky, hot man. Um, so <laughs> Damn, call that. <laughs> uh, but, so, so, but yeah, you know, he is also a 13-time world champion, so yeah. he can look weak one night without taking too much damage. Probably, so, probably. Uh, so I really loved, loved, loved how the Gauntlet match was booked, so I gave it an eight and a half. Excellent. Pretty, pretty Excellent. strong show. So again, we're pretty much on the same... You know, level yeah. with Half SmackDown. Half a point off on SmackDown. Yeah. We're six points apart on but Raw. Raw we, just, <laughs> we do not agree on Raw. Um, so next up, let's uh, 
talk about 205 Live since, I guess, canonically it was next, right? Yes. Um, so you saw the main event with me. I'll just run through what yep. happened first. And I will say this. Because of our... Now, Dan's been getting into a little bit more recently um, and educating me. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we went to the live show and I was incredibly impressed by Tony Nice, who mm-hmm. I'd never even heard of before mm-hmm. um, against Gulak... I, I was blown away. I was like, I got to watch this guy's matches going mm-hmm. forward because the yeah. guy, w- he's fucking outstanding. He's fantastic. He, he has the same problem that a lot of great wrestlers have right now where he just has the bitchiest voice ever. <laughs> and he's, What is up with that? He looks There's so many. He looks fi- physically intimidating. He's got the ability. He's a A-plus talent in the ring, like A-plus-plus-plus talent in the ring, but he's just got the weakest mm. selling voice yeah. of all time and there's other guys that. seth rollins is kind of like that for me even cedric alexander's um, like that yeah for me you know johnny wrestling's a little bit like that a little to me. not as bad as not these not guys, as severe is, yeah. yeah um but there's a lot of guys that just have ricochet he's ricochet, another yes. ricochet is a big he's one an egregious example where these guys are just awesome in every other way but they just got these little pansy yeah. voices i don't know what it is just, freaking millennials they, man need to smoke more cigarettes or something <laughs> Uh, <laughs> roughing it up a little bit. They just ruffle up those vocal cords. I don't know. Uh, so the show started with Mike Kanellis coming out with his wife Maria. So previous week, Drake Maverick uh, had said that Mike Kanellis would have a match this week against one of the top cruiserweights in the world without identifying who that person was. And if he lost, he implied he would get fired. Mm-hmm. Um, so that cruiserweight was revealed to be Akira Tazawa, uh, who is another amazing guy that you have to see more of soon and will see more of soon. Yeah. Um, so they had a match. Uh, Tazawa got Kanellis into position for his senton from the top rope, but Maria did not let him get to the top rope by covering the turnbuckle with her body. And while that distraction was created, Mike Kanellis was able to get the upper hand, defeated Tazawa, and will remain employed on 205 Live. We'll see where they go from there. Um, then there was a brief promo involving... So Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese have kind of been hanging out as heel buddies uh, in recent months. Cedric... Uh, came and uh, just went to kind of, well, I think they actually went to Cedric when he was getting ready for his match with Nice in the main event Yeah. Um, and sort of ribbed him a little bit about, you know, do you really think you're going to beat Tony and all this kind of stuff? And Cedric basically said, look, Tony, you've beaten me a few times. I've beaten you a few times. Let's just see what happens. And then also kind of sowed some seeds of distrust between bon- uh, Buddy Murphy and Tony Nice. Um, so that was an interesting little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, and then we got to our main event, Cedric Alexander and Tony Nice in the finer- final of the cruiserweight tournament to determine buddy murphy's cruiserweight championship contender at wrestlemania yep, yep. long amazing match 10 out of 10 <laughs> fantastic just, just that match alone 10 out of 10 it's it might be one of the greatest if not the greatest wrestling match i've ever watched Ooh. it Ooh. was for me bold for me bold claim it was fucking amazing yeah it might it might be top five all time for me <laughs> I was so entertained. I was blown away. Tony Nice. I'm not a fanboy of either of these guys because I literally got introduced to both of them a week ago. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, a week, week prior. A week, a week prior to watching this at a live show, and again, just fucking amazing. They were. They made them so evenly matched. They're both so good. Cedric Alexander and Tony Nice just fed off each other perfectly, mm-hmm. and. Just the selling was on point. 
the 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 moves against each other were on point. They had some great sequences. You could tell these guys Amazing know each other. Amazing sequences. Yeah, you can Amazing. tell these guys know each other because they know exactly what the other match, was going to be doing. And the match just kept going. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just when you thought it was about to be over and you, just you were like, You don't get oh, long damn. form matches like this it was, in the main roster ever. And it never slowed down. Mm-hmm. There was never a dull moment in this entire match. Mm-hmm. You know, say what you will about these guys outside the ring in terms of their promos and their selling and whatever and their voices. Um they fucking work in the ring, mm, and it mm-hmm. was fucking outstanding. And they even had the balls to not give it to Cedric Alexander, who was clearly the favorite. Mm. Um, yeah, and I was—I thought that was extremely ballsy and impressive on Two Hundred Five Live's part because that meant they were willing to stick out their neck for somebody who was really, really good in the ring next to Cedric Alexander, who is clearly the favorite to go to the, the championship And he's won clean, too. They yeah. didn't cheat. Didn't yeah. do a little blow. Didn't yep. do anything like that. They won clean clean as a whistle. And it was it was amazing. There was a moment yeah. in there where they had a, a, a fucking outstanding like double knockout of each mm. other. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, I was I was getting goosebumps watching this match, mm-hmm. and it was, it was just phenomenal. Yeah. Nice had an awesome 450 on uh, Cedric there. Yep. Um, the crowd was on point the entire match, you know. Yeah, it's usually two hundred five live crowds are pretty weak just yeah, because they they're the remnants of they're who stayed after SmackDown. And, yeah, and they were chanting, "This is awesome!" and "Fight forever!" Yeah, basically the entire match appropriately. Yeah, this was. I uh, mean, that's one of the marks of a great match is when you have a bored crowd at the beginning yeah. and by the end everyone's on their feet, just and that's what losing happened in their this minds. Match. The whole crowd was on their feet at the beginning. Yeah. Everybody was sitting and not making a lot of noise. By the end, everyone was on their feet, yes. chanting, clapping, doing all that. Kind Honestly, of stuff. if that was the two hundred five live championship match, mm. as it might have. You know, been to me in my heart. <laughs> it would have been worth. Oh, it. don't worry, Buddy Murphy uh, is more than prepared to uh, tear the house down with Nice at Mania. But yeah, it was um, incredible. And yeah, uh, Buddy Murphy comes out after the match, mm-hmm. and of course uh, turns yes, on his like new the, heel buddy, like the heel champ douche that he is. But yeah, uh, yeah, that match alone, ten out of ten. I don't care about the rest of the show. <laughs> it, they could it, it could have literally been just dog shitting in a yard for the rest of the show, <laughs> and I would still give this episode a ten out of ten Ooh. because that match was phenomenal. If you haven't watched it and you have a way to watch it, go watch it right now. Mm. Pause this podcast, go watch that match, come back, and then bask in the glory with mm. us. Yeah, this makes me happy to see uh, to see a young casual uh, finally get a taste of what Two Hundred Five Live does every single week. Uh, Says the guy who wasn't watching it every week. Hey, I've been watching it for months, sir, and I've been <laughs> preaching on this program. Please watch Two Hundred Five Live. It yeah. is a fantastic in-ring product every single it's week. Outstanding. And this was definitely. I mean, this was the best match. Although Two Hundred Five Live, I will say this: Two Hundred Five Live needs a new color scheme, and mm. they need a new belt. That belt is hideous. Yeah, grapefruit roll-up, I call it. It's uh, yeah. But who's the purple guy from McDonald's? <laughs> Grimace. Grimace. It's the Grimace belt. <laughs> yes, the fruit roll-up, as you call it, I believe. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Two Hundred Five Live is a great in-ring product. If you don't watch it now and you have access to watch it, you should be watching oh. it regularly. Because and it's they not are a long show, on, just like yeah, NXT. One hour a week. It's not that long. It's very easy to plow through and and just have a ball but it's that one hour and it's like two matches a week and because of that they get to do longer form matches which they don't get to do on the main roster you don't get to go 20 30 minutes on the main roster which they do every week on 205 live there's a slew of fantastic wrestlers on 205 live from gentleman jack gallagher to akira tozawa yeah um just great great talents kalisto is a great great talent um so 
definitely worth watching 205 Live every week. This was the best 205 Live match I've seen this year. Yep. Um, for sure. I just wrote the word banger in all caps in my notes. Um, <laughs> we need to make you a shirt that says banger. <laughs> yes, that's my catchphrase, I think. Banger. Uh, that, was a, that was a banger. That was a banger. Um, and yeah, at the end, that was awesome chance. Not just this is awesome during, but people were chanting that was awesome at the end of the match and to it show was. respect to the performers. It fucking was. And this is a case where I know you hate post-match handshakes, but I come do. on, they earn post-match they, handshakes. That one, one was very, very earned. <laughs> So, yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah. Um, it was just Mike Kanellis was really boring to me, and the promo wasn't great because I don't think any of those guys yeah. cut a great promo except for Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Um, so I gave it a 9 out of 10, and I am really looking forward to Tony Neese and Buddy Murphy at WrestleMania. Yeah. That I, might be one of the matches. I'm stoked. If I'm just talking in-ring product, that yeah. might be the best match of the night if yeah. they give them enough time. If they just give them, like, 15 minutes, it might be the best match of the night. Yeah. So Please give them time. And, and Buddy, please. And, please, Vince, give them time. And when we saw Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander go at it at Super Showdown, it was one of the best matches of the year probably top 10 maybe top five for me yeah. um so seeing that tony nice can hold his own with cedric alexander in that way and now we're gonna get murphy and nice which we haven't seen and i think that is why nice won because we've seen alexander and murphy so many times it was time to do something different yeah so which i can appreciate good man. moment for yeah. nice getting his wrestlemania moment and uh, i know he's gonna bring his a game if buddy murphy uh gets an opportunity to get a few minutes in this match i think that that could steal the show as far as in-ring quality yeah five Definitely something to look out for, and I, 205 Live is definitely much more on my radar now, just mm. because of how great that performance was. My mind was blown, and uh, I don't think I'll ever get it back. Mm. It's just somewhere <laughs> somewhere on the couch over there. Um, Watch 205 Live, my people. Greasy smears on my couch. If you like great in-ring product, watch 205 Live, my people. And then next up, we had uh, NXT, of course. Um, I only watched one match from this because, again, I've been busy editing. That was pretty much everything coordinated. It was pretty much a one match show. Yeah, Triple H came out, cut his promo, letting everybody know about Champa's neck in- injury, how mm-hmm. he had to get the surgery. NXT titles vacated, yep. and Larflees is out. Uh, yes, unfortunately, uh, Johnny Gargano will still have his takeover match at Takeover New York. He was supposed to face Champa for that title, um, and so Triple H announced there would be a fatal five way on this episode of NXT to determine who will face Johnny Gargano at. NXT. NXT TakeOver New York, and those five people, the Dream, Velveteen Dream, VD, the original bro, as Adam Cole calls him, (laughs) the one and only Ricochet, and, you know, Aleister Black, whatever. How Uh, dare you? (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) Uh, We might have to provide some context on why we do that. (laughs) There's a viral video that's been going around the wrestling community. Of uh, some guys that just overdub. Some really stoned guys. That overdub beatbox type. Wrestling cover. soundtracks for people. <laughs> and they did Alistair Black's, yeah. and it's hilarious. It's hilariously stupid. <laughs> uh, so, in between Triple H and the main event, we did have promos from each of these guys. We also had another run in between Bianca Belair and Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane. Um,. So Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai are best buddies, of course, and Bianca Belair has kind of been antagonizing them in recent weeks, so they've continued to build that up a little bit. Yep. Um, Io Shirai and Bianca Belair had had a match the previous week, um, and then uh, Kyrie Sane is scheduled to have a match against Bianca Belair, which is actually happening right now, but for all intents and purposes of this show, it is scheduled to happen week after next. Yeah. Um, and so then we got the main event, Fatal Five Way. Banger. Another banger. Yep. I'm giving it a banger. This match is a match I would expect to be 10 out of 10. 
for me, there was kind of like weird slow moments that I think it's just a challenge of trying to coordinate five guys who are all awesome mm. all together in one ring and a small venue. It's just, I, it was very, very good. Don't get me wrong. All of these people are amazing wrestlers and I was excited to see them all together, but maybe, maybe it was a victim of expectation for me, but it just didn't live quite up to the hype that I thought it was. Um, however, that being said, I thought Riddle looked awesome yeah. in this match. Yeah. Riddle clearly got the strongest push in this entire thing. And I, when I watched that uh, Gulak match with uh, Riddle where they kind of had their technical mm. fighting off yeah. challenge Grapple there, off. Um, that was phenomenal. Yeah. And I usually, technical I usually don't enjoy technical wrestling, but yeah, they both did it so either. well yes. together. It was such a high level <laughs> that it, it was a slow burn, but it was a good burn. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's that flame stayed solid the entire match and then burst at the very end into a big inferno that, of just awesomeness. Mm-hmm. Um, this match kind of showed off what else Riddle can do. And he was doing everything. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about a guy who can do pretty much everything, but is very good at the one particular thing, which is the technical stuff, because he's got the you know MMA background. Mm-hmm. He's what Ronda Rousey should be. Mm. Just amazing technical professional wrestler who is well-rounded and athletic and just fun to watch. Yeah. And another deceptively strong dude. If he would have won this match as it clearly almost looked like he should mm. have because of the spoiler cheating yeah. <laughs> by Adam Cole at the end. There was uh they really there gave was him some kayfabe controversy about the fact that Riddle actually had dream tapping. Yep. At one point in the match with the Bro Mission. Which is crazy. So the North the, American the North champ, American champ. Yep. was tapping to yep. to Riddle. <laughs> and yep. uh of course, the ref didn't see it because mm-hmm. uh, Adam uh, Cole, baby. Adam Cole did a very strategic move and uh, saved the match for himself, and I then ended guy. up winning the match. I love that guy. Um, but yeah, yeah big funny. shout out to Riddle. He we, looked awesome. Yeah, in this we, match. We, we we watched this. It's funny. We watched this match separately, like a week apart, and we both individually came away with the conclusion that Matt Riddle shined in this match. He, he was so outstanding. It's very and, rare that we would watch something separately and come to the exact yeah, same specific yeah. conclusion. Especially like on NXT. Because it was we're just so, that. So, yeah, yeah. We're, we're around the spectrum on that. Yes. But uh, I, th- I I did enjoy big moments in it. Like they had the big superplex mm. with the, the... Yeah, Tower of Doom spot. Tower of Doom there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty awesome. Uh, even though it was kind of awkward getting them all up there. <laughs> yes, know, yeah. As you would expect when yeah, you're trying to coordinate just five logistically, guys. Logistically, only one guy really got suplexed, so why would yeah. they all destroy uh, It was Ricochet, right? Yeah. Just Ricochet the, the smallest guy. Got suplexed by five people. By five but much larger people. was destroyed. I don't <laughs> Except Adam Cole, I guess. Adam didn't Cole's make not a that big. Ton of but sense. Yeah, it was a little weird, but it was cool to see it happen. Um, it's clear that Ricochet and Aleister Black aren't the focus on NXT anymore. Clearly, they're pushing them more on the main shows, as they should. Mm. Um, but it was nice to see everybody else shine. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think the person that looked the weakest and just wasn't as fun to watch was Velveteen Dream himself, mm. who is the only belt holder in that group right now, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I am a big fan of Velveteen Dream. Don't get me wrong. I love his gimmick. I love his wrestling. He's a young guy. He's got a huge future ahead of him. But this match didn't do him any favors. And I, I wow. think when... He paled in comparison to Matt Riddle. He paled in comparison to Aleister Black and Ricochet. He paled in comparison to Adam Cole for me. I I just paled. Yeah, I don't think wow. he looked good this entire. I thought I think he looked slow. I think he looked Oof. sluggish. I think he didn't look very proficient 
at Dang. anything he did because every not because he's bad, but because everybody else was so good mm. and so well refined. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, yeah, I mean, he is every, by far the least experienced in this group. Yeah, and that could be it. But I and then he ate the pin at the or didn't eat the pin, but he got tapped by mm-hmm. Matt Riddle at the end, which certainly doesn't help his cred. Mm-hmm. Um, just all around, it's just. He didn't come out looking very good, and I think that's another reason why the match kind of lost some steam for me because every time he was the focus, it kind of slowed down where everything else was just at a breakneck pace and smooth and fluid and just entertaining from mm. start to finish. Yeah, I uh, I don't agree on Dream. Um, I, don't, I do think that he didn't have the best spots in the match. Uh, I think there were, I think most of the other guys had bigger, better, more exciting spots, but I thought dream held his own. I thought he had a couple good sequences. I thought his, uh, the bump that he took off the top turnbuckle onto the outside, taking everybody out was good. I thought he hit a pretty good dream Valley driver at one point in the match. Um, but yeah, I mean, he didn't stand out to me for sure. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anybody really stood out to me besides Riddle because, you know, the workload was so distributed. Um, Adam Cole didn't really break out a lot of his big spots, uh, but he did hit a couple nice super kicks and that kind of stuff that he normally does in his Weasley heel type stuff, strategic <laughs> Weasley heel stuff. Of course. So it was a pretty typical Adam Cole participation match. Every time you go at him face to face, you beat him down. And every time you have your back turned, he, <laughs> he takes advantage. So I just love that guy. He, I, he is many shots. I, I was I was openly rooting for him uh, when the match was announced at the beginning of the show. I yep. actually posted on the interwebs. I really hope Adam Cole wins because I just love the guy. And he was very happy when uh, Adam I, Cole I marked did, out. of course, I lost win. It. I lost it. I totally marked <laughs> and that, out. That includes the second time. Yeah, the second time. I marked out a second time, like even though I knew it was coming. <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was watching on my laptop in my room, and I actually jumped out of my chair and was like hopping up and down in my room. I was just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, <laughs> I was very so good. excited. It was very good. Uh, so. I was super stoked about that. I cannot wait. I've been saying all day today, I cannot wait to see Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano in NXT TakeOver New York. I think it, it should will be, be pretty awesome. It will be the match of 2019. It will make Nice Alexander look like Child's Play. I'll tell you right now. Mm, I promise you. I promise you. I don't you. know about that. I will that. guarantee it. That match was fucking spectacular. It was, spe- it was spectacular, but I've seen enough of Johnny Wrestling to know that what he, when you put him in a TakeOver main event against mm. a guy that's just good enough, mm. uh, it's next level. Call and, me a doubter. And, well, I'll uh, tell you, I've seen a lot of Nice. I've know. seen a lot of Alexander. I've seen a lot of Johnny Wrestling. Mm-hmm. You put Johnny Wrestling in the main event of a takeover, it's instant five-star material. So we shall see. I'm telling you, this is going to be the match of 2019. I absolutely cannot wait for NXT TakeOver New York. This was the best possible result for me. The only negative is that I love both Johnny Wrestling and Adam Cole so much that my heart will be torn a little bit. Yep. Um, so, but... Great match. Uh, Triple H's promo was fun. It was cool to see. Yeah. It was cool to see the founder. It was cool to see yeah. the NXT Papa show up in uh, in his baby yeah. and uh, get some love from the NXT crowd. That was fun. I so, like how he presented the challenge and everything. Yeah. It's a great idea. Great way to solve the problem. Yeah. So like you, I don't think the match lived up to what it could have been. I mean, it wasn't a yeah. takeover match. It was just a TV match, so you can't have your expectations too high. It was. Sure. It would have been the best match on Raw sure. or and SmackDown. It, it was, you know, <laughs> um, a kind of... A situational match yeah. for because of the injury we had to kind of scramble yeah, and kind figure of out too. something and yeah, they probably didn't have a ton of, of time to prepare mm-hmm. but you know um, so I gave the show an eight and a half uh, okay. for that reason just because the show the main event was really really good it was really centered around the main event they didn't advance a ton of stories because it was so focused on that main event yep. um, but cannot wait for Adam Cole Johnny wrestling and I I only saw the promo with Triple H and then the the main event match um so i'll abstain from rating the entire show but the match itself i give you know a a solid solid seven um although matt riddle 
Matt Riddle's portions were fucking phenomenal, and I give him alone like a, a nine. Mm. He, he was awesome. Yeah, he's a great, great yep. talent. Um, so I'll just run through NXT UK real quick. Uh, so the show opened up with Johnny Saint and Sid Scanlon in the ring. Um, Johnny Saint was there to announce that there will be a WWE United Kingdom Championship defense at NXT TakeOver New York, yep. which is very awesome and was expected. Um, coming to the ring at the moment that that was announced was the 680-day reigning uh WWE UK champion, the bruiserweight Pete Dunne, of who I have become a huge fan in recent weeks. Um, Which and he is kept pretty it, insane that he's had the belt that long. Yeah, wow. it's true. He is uh, he is the heart and soul of the UK brand. They have really strapped the rocket to his back, as they say, um, to build this brand and build up its credibility. So, um, you know, I think the time is coming when they'll be once they take the belt on him i think he's going to the main roster so i think that that's what they're waiting for is when's the right time to put him on the main roster what's the sure. right story for him who's the right opponent for him and yeah. is he is nxt uk going to be okay once he's gone because it is still a fledgling brand so yep. um, i think they're just trying to make sure that's all established which is why he has this really extended title reign um but he came to the ring and he kept it real simple he picked up a microphone he said give me walter he dropped microphone. He left. So very simple, very effective. Um, Give me what I want. Give me what I want. <laughs> Give me what I want. <laughs> or whatever, you know. Uh, so that was the end of that promo. Did not get an answer from Johnny Saint yet at this point in the show. Um, Eddie Dennis made his return to NXT UK TV to take on Legero. Had a pretty good match. Um, you know, pretty typical high flyer versus monster heel match, uh, but where, very well executed. Uh, Eddie Dennis did get the win in impressive fashion. Uh, Legero has been building up a lot of credibility with a lot of wins in the past eight weeks or so. Uh, so Eddie Dennis making a bit of a statement there. I'm just not a fan of Dennis, and it's really, I hate to make it superficial, but he is a very, very strong monster heel that looks lanky and ridiculous. And that alone is why I don't like him. So just how I feel. Just how I feel. Uh, Can't change your feelings. Then we had a tag team match. Stoker and Howley, known as Pretty Deadly, um, taking on a new tag team of Primate and Wild Boar, collectively known as The Hunt. Uh, Which is a badass name for two <laughs> animal-based characters. <laughs> yes, this match was totally cartoonish and ridiculous, but I love that. As it should this be. This is professional wrestling. <laughs> we should we should have some cartoonish, silly fun, and seeing a guy named Primate bounce his uh, fists off the mat as he runs into a corner clothesline repeatedly uh, is definitely fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the Hunt did get a decisive victory over Pretty Deadly, as expected. So we'll see what kind of plans they have for the Hunt. Wow. We have a new interesting tag team on the scene <laughs> uh after that cassius ono made his nxt uk did, debut did he wear pants he did not oh no uh, the thighs were in full force oh god uh, his hairy swiss cheese <laughs> thighs are so disgusting pretty sure he has varicose veins too, oh so he does better. he really does uh, but regardless of that he is quite wear a pants please <laughs> Regardless of his thighs, he is quite a good wrestler. Uh, and him and Ashton Smith, uh, who was getting his second TV match of the month after a long absence. So good to see him on TV again. The fans nice. seem to like him. Very nice. Uh, very good match. I really liked it a lot. Uh, it was, you know, Ono has this bit, this brawler style uh, that also has a lot of technical and a lot of hard strikes. You know, he is known as the knockout artist for a reason. 
And Ashton Smith is a smaller, younger, athletic-type guy uh, who was the baby face in peril for most of this match. So this was a pretty good match. Um, this is actually one of the Ono matches I've liked more in recent months. Nice. Um, so I was really happy with what he did. Um, he did get the win, and then afterward kind of brought, you know, he had when he had debuted, when he had made his first appearance, he actually got a good crowd reaction here. So the, the British fans were happy to yeah. see him. I know people love him, but... My, I've only seen him in two matches, and both were just dog shit. Mm, yeah. one, and one was against Walter, who I now like because yes. I saw a good match with Walter. Yes. But the first match I saw with Ro- Walter, the first proper match, was him versus Ono, and it, it was yeah, it was it was painfully slow. It yeah. looked awkward. I it mean, did, a brawler and, versus brawler match is really yeah. they don't suit everybody's taste. Yeah. They don't suit mine either. Yeah. Um, it's just that was really and a they stylistic didn't, they thing. They didn't do what Walter's best at, which is the chest chops. Yes, it's true. I think there was maybe one in there in the entire. And match. It was on his back. and yeah. he was wearing a shirt, so was, he couldn't hear. It was just anything, awkward. So. Yeah, yeah the, those those weren't my cup of tea either. Um, you know, if I was grading it as objectively as possible, I thought it was a good match. But because it's not my cup of tea to see two brawlers have a brawler style match where there's just no high spots and yeah. no good strikes or anything. No. It's just not the style I like. Yeah. Um, but Cassius Ono, I mean, he's got a great reputation for a reason. Uh, he's been around for a long time. He's a veteran presence that NXT UK can use, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, the core guy in NXT UK is 25 years old. So they could use some veteran energy over yeah. there to provide some guidance to these younger guys. Yeah, bring that average up a little bit. Yeah, that's what Ono was in NXT. He was just kind of the guy that maintained enough credibility that he could put over the young rising stars in NXT. And that's what he was for a while. And that looks like the role he's going to have in NXT UK. Yep. Um, so so the fans were happy to see him. He got a great reception. Um, I almost wondered, like, is he not going to be a heel here because he was being received so well? Yeah. Um, but he quickly put those hopes, those uh, fears to rest, I should say. Uh, after he defeated Ashton Smith, he offered him a hand and helped him up and was going to bring him to the back and then hit him with a rolling elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Making the fans boo the guy that they were cheering when he <gasps> came to the ring. How dare you? Uh, so Cassius Ono will clearly have the same role he had in NXT. He will be a mid-card heel uh, who is a veteran who will work with younger guys and, when necessary, put over younger guys guys that they want to push so good role for him good spot for him hey um, he's getting a paycheck yeah. uh and then in the main event of the night big strong boy tyler bate was in action uh against james drake um tyler bate's amazing and i just don't even know how to dis- i don't know how you describe tyler bate i mean if you haven't if you've seen him before he's a hard person to describe to anyone who hasn't seen him before <laughs> because he's a very unique athlete he is He's a short guy who doesn't look very big, but he's ridiculously powerful. He has insane athleticism. He's insanely technically gifted, uh, and he's very young. I think he's 22, 21. Wow. He's wow. very young. Uh, he dro- Yeah, I mean— I'm always kind of jealous of these guys that get in really young. Yeah. Because they just—they have everything there for them. Yeah. They— they got the youth to work through their early mistakes and to become something phenomenal down the line. You know? Yeah. And Whereas the guys in, that get in later on, they, they have more trouble because yeah. they don't have as much time to become the character they want to mm. be. Yeah. And Tyler Bates, a guy that's already been the UK champion. He was the one that Pete Dunne took the title from him. He was the champion at 19 and when Pete Dunne took the title from wow. him. Um, so he's an extraordinarily talented guy. I mean, I've just never... This is another guy... I say this about I, the Irish ace, Jordan Devlin. I've never seen a match of his I didn't like. And that continues yeah. to be true for Tyler Bates. He's so technically... Give, he, there's something new in every one of his matches. There's something I haven't seen him do before every time he wrestles, which is really crazy. Um He's just, he's strong, he's technically gifted, he can grapple like nobody's business. Um, just a fantastic, fantastic.